You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 36 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented by BrandonRendiniFitness.com. This is the season two premiere of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. I'm Christian. You can find me as always on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST. And I'm with my co-host Chris. What up? And Stack Guy Rod. Yo. All right, so the season two premiere of the NYY Sports Talk podcast, a brand new season, brand new season of Yankee baseball. Pretty good start for a change. Yeah, I mean, uh, here we are uh, recording Saturday afternoon before we play game three. Yanks are 2-0 so far. I tweeted after the game last night, the last time the Yankees were 2-0. Which was, what, about seven years ago now, right? April 2nd, 2011. So, uh, obviously the big news coming from the first two games is... uh, Giancarlo Stanton put his mark on New York very early on in the 2018 season. Well, the first home run, he pretty much just flicked his wrist and it went a mile. And the second home run, I didn't notice this, but you mentioned it. And then I watched the replay. He was on his knees. Yeah, I said that. It was. I didn't uh, realize that. that he was, was literally on his knees. The first home run, that pitch was inside. He could have easily pulled that ball. But he didn't want to. And I think it was it was either it was one of the Yes Network guys. They said all he did all spring was work on his opposite field power. We noticed it. I mean I I know I definitely noticed it. I'm sure you did too. He in the games that we watched the spring training, he made an effort to go the other way. How many balls did he And he hit? closed off his swing a lot too. And just kept banging them off the right field wall. I think he only hit eight opposite field home runs all of last season. He already had one on opening day. He's going to have a ton on the road, too. Yep. He's going to have a ton of opposite field home runs this year. Yep. Because he's got the short porch out in right field, and he hits laser beams. And he's going to, you know, you can call it um, overreacting or making a grand prediction, but if he's going to go the opposite way like that, he's going to hit 70 home runs this year. It's, It's not unrealistic. To say that he could, he had you're not going to sit here and expect it, but it's not unrealistic to say that that could happen. I don't know. When we think about it. I'm not up to date or an expert on the dimensions of the Florida Marlins ballpark, but I'm going to say that it probably is harder to hit an opposite field home run there than it is at Yankee Stadium. Absolutely. And now he's going to play half his games in Yankee Stadium. And he hit 59 home runs last year. So, I mean, it would not be out of the realm of possibility to expect him to hit more home runs this year when Camden Yards is a band box. Toronto has decent dimensions, but guys hit well there. How about uh, how about Pesky's pole in uh, which is like the 200 pole and what, like 290 in, in Boston? I mean, this guy has the opportunity more than just at home. With playing within the American League, and another that. dome stadium in Tampa Bay, where the ball is going to travel Fly well. out. So, I mean, this guy does have the potential to hit close to seventy. It's not unrealistic. When you when you're watching the game on 
on uh, Thursday, right? And he hit that first one. And you're like, all right, man, there we go. Like, how many of these, how many guys like Teixeira and A Rod, these big time sluggers, come over here and they struggle? And they tense up. That you know, that's something I, I was listening to, and they said, you know, these guys come over here and they tense up, and everyone's asking, when's he going to hit his first one? When's he going to hit his first one? Stanton didn't even give him an opportunity to ask the question. And you know what? Everyone talked about how confident he is on the field and how relaxed he is. And you don't get that in a lot of guys when they come to New York. Hey, look at Didi. When he first came here, Didi really struggled and the fans were calling for his head right away. And, and A little bit of a different scenario. I mean, he was replacing a legend, though. And they mentioned, too, do you think the fact that the Yankees didn't sign him to this contract, that he's already been in this contract for quite some time now that it's not that added pressure. Like the Yankees just signed him to some massive deal. Do you think he's a little more comfortable because he was already getting paid this kind of money and then coming to New York? I don't know. Maybe, but it, you know, a rod didn't get signed to a mega deal. It was a trade, you know? Yeah. But in a rod, it took a rod really a full season to get acclimated to New York. Really? He I didn't, mean, didn't he win MVP? When did he in win 2005. MVP? Okay. But he, he, was, he still had a decent 2004 now. Yeah, decent for him. I mean, all right. I mean, we're t- when you're guy talking about guys like... season, but he When was you're talking good. about a guy like A-Rod, if you hit 33 home runs in a year, that's a down season when you're used to hitting 45 to 50. I guess. I'm sure Stat Guy Rod is going to pull up A-Rod's 2004 statistics for us. I, you know... I just wouldn't say that he took a full year to come in and be comfortable. I think he still had a good year when he came here. The Yankees were still successful. He hit 286 and had 36 home runs, 106 RBI. Okay, that's a pretty damn good year. For most guys. And for A-Rod. That's a good year. 2005, wow. 48 home runs, 130 RBIs. What was his batting average? in 321. Okay, so, yeah. (laughs) So okay, but that's, that's a down year. Okay. And then he felt more comfortable okay, in 2005. So are you, so you going to be the the a-hole who sits here after Judge hits 40 home runs this year and said he had a down year? That's different. Why? Because 40 is close to 50. 40 is not 33. What did he hit, 33? No, 36 he hit. Whatever, 36. shut up. You know the point. It was in between. He won. Didn't he win MVP in 2003? Yeah. Okay, so MVP, down year, MVP. You cannot classify 2004 as anything but a down year for Alex Rodriguez when it was sandwiched around two MVP years. Still a great year. Then in 2006, he had 35 home runs only, but he still drove in 121 RBIs. It wasn't 2006 the year that Joe uh, Joe Torre tried to... uh, (laughs) Bat him eighth? Yeah, eighth in that playoff game. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think it was. How many... Elimination games in the in A Rod Janky career did he make the last out in at least four? I really, it's been well. I know in that Detroit series he struck out to end the game. I know in the 2010 I want to say um, when Detroit when the Yankees lost uh, the ALCS to the uh, Rangers he struck out to end the series. So at least twice, probably four or five times, maybe. But Alex Rodriguez is no longer a member of the Yankees. So let's get on to current members of the Yankees. Let's get back on track here to John Carlos Stanton. 
I mean, you couldn't ask for a better debut. No. What do you go? Three for five, two homers. He did had he go RBI. three for five or three for four? He had the RBI double on top of it. Right. It was I just mean, it it was just a very nice debut for him. Second home run came off for old pal Tyler Clippard. Who apparently made some type of statement that he'd rather face Ben Revere or he'd rather face Stanton than Ben Revere. What? Making some type of statement that Ben Revere is more dangerous. I gotta than... I gotta hear that. I gotta hear the actual quote. He said it on MLB Network, but yeah, Stanton three for five on opening day. Four RBIs. Unbelievable. Great day. Well, Two home runs. What's your basis for saying something like that? Is Ben Revere even in the league anymore? I'm sure we're taking it out of context. <laughs> it's because Ben Revere is more of a contact hitter, so I think his point is he, he would rather face a power hitter that he has a higher chance of striking out than a contact hitter who's going to put the ball in play almost every time he's well, up. How'd that plate. work out yeah, for him? Didn't it didn't really... work out too great in game one. didn't really work out too well. World Series champion Tyler Clippard, we should uh, say, <sighs> by the way. World Baseball Classic champion Tyler Clippard. Guy had a great year last year. He really did. He played. He played his cards right. He was so bad that he he wound up on the World Series champion. <laughs> his poor family. He had to up uplift them out of New York. To they settled settled down in Chicago, and then Chicago was like, "Ah, hey, you know what?" When they showed his ERA from last year, and I and th- I said it, it was only four point seven seven. But remember how good it was before he blew up. And that's what he was dominant. That's what Cohen said. He lost his changeup and he literally fell off a cliff. Can we talk about Sevy? Or you still want to keep? You still have a little more to say on Stanton. I mean, what's there to say about Stanton? He was a one-hit wonder. He didn't get a hit game two, so yeah. obviously he's clearly a bust. Yeah. Uh, I've talked about it after his spring training debut. How nasty is Sevy Slider, man? How much more dangerous is he this year? If he's going to get that pitch Come over on. like he got it over on Thursday, oh. he's going to become he's going to become nearly unhittable. He's oh man. I mean, he's going to have his games where he doesn't have his good stuff, but but with that slider, what that does is when he doesn't have his good stuff, he's still going to be pretty damn good. He's going to he's going to have enough to get by even when he doesn't have his best stuff. Here's what it is that I keep saying this all the time. I, we might even said this last week on this show. When you throw as hard as a Roldis Chapman or a Luis Severino, you don't even need a good slider. Right. You just need to have an okay slider. Right. So Severino doesn't even have to throw the world's best slider. Right. He has to throw. <laughs> but he is. <laughs> he has to throw an okay slider because I, I don't know. Somebody on the Blue Jays said basically like it's. It's like unfair. Like you can't, you can't. I think it was uh, Martin Russell Martin. Like you can't spot ninety nine on the corner and then throw that slider. No, it's so deadly because you want to know what a slider is. A slider is really coming out of his hands like a fastball. I mean, the way he's throwing it, it's just it's filthy. How hard was he throwing a slider? I, I, didn't I think really... it was eighty eight, ninety. Yeah, so he's got good separation from his fastball. It's dropping right off. And I'll tell you what, I know Chapman had a rough night last night, but he actually was throwing a nice slider. His slider looked better. He got into trouble because he got away from his slider in that at-bat. Yeah, and he laid one right down the plate. I mean, he had him 3-2 and he didn't want to walk him, so I didn't mind that hit that he gave up. But then he got a little complacent and... 
He was relying too much on his fastball, and he was still keeping it right down the plate. And like I said a million times, you're 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 facing major league hitting. I don't care how hard you throw. You throw it down the plate, you're going to get beat. So he got a little complacent. He was just trying to end the game, and he was throwing the ball right down the plate, and he was getting beat. But who cares? They won. So, and they're 2-0. and So... You know, opening day, I mean, went really well. Uh, Aaron Boone gets his first win out of the way in game number one. I don't don't know. There's just something about Aaron Boone. I don't know what it is. Something good. Yeah. Yeah. He he just looks like the Yankee manager. He actually, I said this to you, Rye, he almost looks like a young Joe Torre. I don't know if it's because I I watch his Torre impression. And it that's just you got to post that on the it's unbelievable Twitter page, the video but he so reminds good. me of a young Joe Torre. He really does. I got I don't know I kind of I kind of got a sense of that from him that he he did kind of remind me a little bit of Joe Torre. But you know, it's only been two games, but this team looks crisp. This team looks, I you know I said this the other day. It's not just that they're two and zero. They're two and zero with two really nice, solid wins. Do we have any wins. errors? Two different wins, too. Yeah, that's true. Game one was the the big beasts the power, on top, the power boys, and the power bats, and and game two was the bottom half of the order coming through, and the pitching's been great thus far. Um, do we have any errors in two games? I don't think so. You got to look at game two, right? And I texted this lot to you last night. You had a game where Stanton Judge and Sanchez have done you had a game where uh, those three guys did nothing right you don't expect to win that game when you big three sluggers don't get on base at all well you know I understand that the bottom of the order came through and that was huge but a lot of that has to do with the pitching I mean and then look at how great Tanaka was yeah but they didn't scrap one or two runs they still scored four runs last night I know I know I know. So you're you're telling me you get nothing from Stanton, Judge, and Sanchez, and you still manage the way to score four runs? You That's name another team in ma- team. You name another team in Major League Baseball where their, t- their three best hitters don't don't uh, get a hit for them or don't drive in a run for them, and they're still able to score four runs. It's it's not likely on on many other teams. And you know what? A- again, going back to why we don't look too closely at what veterans do in spring training. I mean, the Tanaka was awful. In, in the spring, and he came out, he wasn't throwing his best stuff in the first couple innings, but he settled in, he found his splitter, and he was absolutely brilliant he last the night. home run to Gritchick, or Gritchick? Gritch, Grit, yeah, something like that. And then it was like, after that, a light went on. Yeah, I mean... Yankees have one error, it was an opening day, Severino, remember he was trying to pick off uh, yeah, uh, Granderson at right. first. Oh, it was a bad throw. The, right, the Grandy man set up. Uh, yeah, Stan's first home run. <laughs> yeah, but you know Tanaka found himself, and I don't know how many people know this. I mean, I'm sure diehard fans were watching the game, but Tanaka only had what 76 pitches last night, 79 pitches. Yeah, I think through I'm, six think and he had 18 balls only. The rest were all strikes. I know it's his first game of the season, but. He really could have came out for the seventh inning. And I think Boone didn't want to bring Kane Lee in in his first appearance with runners on. I think he just wanted to call it a night for Tanaka. And, you know, 
if you can if you can try and reserve Tanaka as much as you can with with his elbow issues, maybe it's not the worst decision in the world to go right to Canely there. I just hope that Aaron Boone doesn't develop a quick trigger finger with this bullpen. Like, oh, you guys got me through six. Time to go to the bullpen. I think as the year goes on, you're going to see these guys go deep into games if they have to. But if Boone feels like the bullpen is well-rested and the team has enough runs on the board that he might be quicker to go to the bullpen in those in those uh, games to reserve the pitching. I mean, we saw it in Severino last year. He tired at the at, in, in the postseason. But you also don't want to do that to the bullpen either. I mean, we because in the it. ALCS, you saw that Canely and Robertson, yeah. among other guys, they got a little tired. So I think it's all going to be about who's fresh. I mean, we got so many good arms out in that bullpen that these guys shouldn't have to throw back to back nights. Too many times. I mean, other than your closer and maybe Robertson in close games, but you know, you can mix and match with Canely and Green, and you know, you don't have to keep going to the same guys in close games every single night. I'm just saying though, like in like late July, these guys are like in midseason form. Severino's gone 88 pitches through six. He's only got one or two runs up on the board. I don't want Boone to be like, all right, bullpen time. No, that's your horse. You let him go and out for the seventh inning. Oh, you know what? Curry made a good point last night in the postgame. Joe Girardi over the last couple years really changed how he used Sabathia. Sabathia used to be your, your workhorse where you'd let him throw 110 pitches in a game and go eight innings and eat innings and so on and so forth. Over the last couple of years, he really started cutting CC short. CC didn't go much past the fifth inning in a lot of his starts. And that was really Girardi pulling him quicker than he may, may have needed to. Do you think Boone is going to use CC the same way? I hope so. And I'll say because of this, I think Sabathia is the type of guy at this point in his career with the lack of stuff that he has. If you see him starting to get banged around a little bit, he doesn't have the blow away stuff anymore to get through it like he used right. to. So he could just he's he's that guy who can come out and have a brilliant fifth inning, but in the sixth lose a little gas and then start getting beat very quickly. That could really turn a game around quick. So you might not want to risk that with him, but you know if you have if your bullpen it has just been exhausted over the last few games, are you going to let Cece try and go out there and eat as many innings as he can? I mean, in an occasion, yeah, you might have to. I mean, it is baseball. You do play almost every day, so one game does bleed into the next. So, you know, if you've been using the bullpen a lot the past two or three days, maybe you got to let CC eat up some innings that normally you wouldn't let him. But if, you know, your bullpen's rested, Sabathia is not the guy right now that you're going to push that extra inning. No, especially when you don't have to. CC's here. For leadership, CC's here for his excuse of lying. My phraseology here: he's here for his balls. He's here for his work ethic. He's here for all those those things. And then you know, yeah, he had a great year last year, but that's almost icing on top of the cake of right. why Sabathia is here. You know that I read this this morning, uh, Sabathia. You know how um, starters normally go into the bullpen and warm up for their games by themselves. 
Yes. Sabathia has made it a point that all all the pitchers, all go the out. starters go. He started that last year, did he? Because yep. I, I thought it was only this year. I saw no. that it was. And you know what? That's when I said to you in one of the episodes. I said, I always knew Cece was a leader, but you never really saw it the way you did last year. He take he makes every single starter go out there when they're warming up. When the the starter for that game's warming up, he takes all of them out there to watch. And you know what? We're recording this. The game's about to start, so we won't know how CC does until on his first uh, start of the season. Even if he gives up ten runs in the first inning, it will not change the fact that he should have been re-signed. Or me thinking anything other than that. Absolutely. I mean, Sabathia. Like I said, if Sabathia goes out there and he, I mean, if he goes three and twelve with a six point one ERA this year, you know what? It happened, but. You never regret signing CC Sabathia. This team's not complete without him, I feel. I feel like you needed to sign him, just like you said, for his leadership, for his work ethic. And I don't feel like this team is complete and fulfilled without him on the roster. And you know what? If they are going to win a title this year, I want CC there for it. There's, there would have been something missing without CC Sabathia on the 2018 I Yankees. agree. Now, you could go out there and say, hey, uh, we could have got, let's say, Justin Verlander, but that means no CC Sabathia. Yeah, great, but, you know, what it... I, like I said, I, I, if they're going to win it, I want them to win it with CC. I don't want it any other way. You know, after they lost to, in Houston last year, Sabathia said, I want to come back. We have things to finish here. I, yeah, that's the first thing he said. You know, he feels like he left something on the table. A lot here. of other guys would have been like, well, you know, I got to see what's best for my family right. and blah, blah, blah. And, no, he said, know, I'm coming back. No, he's like, yo, I got I got shit to do here. And we talked about it. He probably left some money on the table to come back here. He reminds me, he's the new, I mean, not that Andy Pettit pitched 40 years ago, but he's the new age Andy Pettit. He's the veteran anchor of the lineup, yep. of the pitching staff that, yep. you know what, it's almost... A bonus if he pitches well because of what he means to the team right. and what he means to that staff. Yep, I agree. Hopefully, you know, the big guy gives you a big year. But if he don't, he don't. You know, it is what it is, like I said. But, you know, you did like a lot of the things that you saw in the first two games. Obviously, they'll have played four games by the time you guys listen to this podcast. But, you know... Schedules are schedules, so, you know, we'll try to work around that as the season moves yes. along. But game one, like you said, you saw the power. You saw Judge. I mean, he didn't hit, but he had the big double. He had a single. Sanchez had the RBI double. Stan had the big day. So you saw the power. And then yesterday, you saw them, you know, you saw the, the quote, lesser guys in the lineup. But they still managed to put together four runs. And, you know, Tyler Wade took out his middle finger and stuck it right in Chris's face. Right. He did. And your face. Not you don't my face. No. <laughs> you don't admit enough that you doubted him just as much as I, I did. did. But you were the one that texted last night. This is where Tyler <laughs> oh, yeah, Wade yeah. proves that he does not belong. F you. Yes. F you. You're cool. <laughs> F you. That's me. And I'll tell you what. Other than Wade, Drury... His bat, man, his swing yeah. is just so pure. I didn't realize what kind of swing this guy had. Well, the scouting report on him was that he was a, he was a doubles machine and that people were a little bit more excited for him 
going to the Bronx because some of those doubles are going to turn into home runs. So he might be able to bump his home run total up as many as another, what did he hit, 13 last year? So people were expecting him to hit as many as 20, 25 But I'll year. tell you what, he with his swing, there's so few holes and few flaws. This guy is an above 300 hitter, easily. Maybe. He hit 260-something last year. I'm saying, though, he's coming into his own now. This guy has the potential to be a, a 300-plus hitter. Look, it's been two games, so let's not go crazy I'm here. I'm not and talking say they're about going the two games. I'm talking about his swing, his mechanics. He's got a pure swing. And he looks like a good he's hitter. He's a very good hitter. He looks like a great hitter, but we got to see more than two games. But so far, so good. I think we can all be in agreement on that. Except for one person who had to put a black cloud over the first two games of the season, which we'll get into when we come back from our break. What's up, everyone? I'm Brandon from BrandonRendiniFitness.com, and I am an online fitness coach. My goal is to help you reach your fitness goals, so by purchasing one of my plans, you will receive a personalized meal plan and a workout plan to help you reach your goals. You will have 24-7 access to me for questions, and we would have scheduled weekly check-ins to make sure you're staying on track. What sets me apart is I want to help you find balance. I don't expect you to eat grilled chicken breast all day long. I understand that life happens and you're going to want to eat that piece of cake or that slice of pizza, which is why my plans are perfect for that. To make things more interesting, I am offering a special promo code for NYY Sports Talk listeners. If you purchase any of my plans, you can use the code NYYST and get 10% off. Again, that's promo code NYYST in all capital letters. So head to BrandonRendiniFitness.com today and find the plan that works best for you. All right, welcome back to episode 36 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. This is season two premiere of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. Hard to believe that we're on our, uh, we'll call it our second season, right? Yeah. We didn't have a full first season, but yeah. Neither did the office of Parks and Rec, and it turned out well for them. Right. So why not us? Right. <laughs> um, so the Black Cloud. You guys thought I was talking about Dylan Batances. I did. Which then we were getting into, Batances came out and said, this isn't an, an excuse, but Batances said he wasn't expecting Pilar to swing. All right, for anybody not paying attention, Dell Batances was really the only blemish on opening day when right. he gave up a home run to Kevin Pilar. Right. And yeah, everyone's going to sit there and say, well, what, what the hell kind of an excuse is that? Well, there's scouting reports on these guys that these pitchers follow very closely. And a guy like Batances, whose main concern is to throw strikes this year, had a scouting report that said Kevin Pillar doesn't swing at the first pitch. So he th- he grooved one over to try and get ahead in the count. And guess what? Kevin Pillar said, Batances probably knows that I don't swing at the first pitch and I'm going to swing at this one. And he blasted it. All right, but what do we talk about all the time? Or what do I talk about all the time? A look. Not a good look for a certain guy. Right, I know. And what's not a good look for Dylan Batances? Doing that. I know. But let's talk about how he was after that home run. Oh, it was really good. He was very good. His curveball looked very good again. And he threw a lot of strikes. And he was efficient. So you can't look too deep into that home run. That's all I'm saying. All right. So the black cloud is actually Aaron Hicks, who is on the disabled list with a right intercostal strain. Is which. That- is that I, right? Yeah, okay. something like that. It's something by his oblique. Which, which is, he hurt last year, right. right? So that's why the Yankees were extra cautious with it. I don't know if you heard this, but apparently 
after they placed him on the DL, he woke up the next day and called Boone and actually said, you might not have had to have done that. That's how good he felt the next day. But the Yankees just wanted to be safe. They gave him a couple days of rest. I think he had three days of rest, and then he could start baseball activity again. All right. So, again, not a good look for Aaron Hicks to be on the disabled no, list. No, it's not. And and you're concerned because if that's happening now with this oblique, both obliques last year, I think, yeah, went on him. He did. So this is just a reoccurring thing now again. Same with – oh, and also, real quick, on Greg Bird and his surgery that went well apparently – do you know that it had nothing to do with his last surgery? It didn't. No, it's too complete. Listen, I'm not anywhere near a doctor. Clearly. Nor, nor should I be. But the doctor that was reporting on it said what he had last year is very common in athletes. Ballet dancers, right? Yeah, some. <laughs> but what he had this year is something completely separate in the same foot that is very rare. And for this to happen to him is truly just a fluke and bad luck. It had nothing to do with last year. Again, not a good look for no. Greg Bird. And was Buster only the one that tweeted that they removed the calcium deposit yeah. the size of a coin out of his ankle? Right. But it's still six to eight weeks without Greg Bird. So. Yep, not good. Anyway, back to Aaron Hicks here. Hicks was expected... To be a big part of this lineup this year. He's a Cashman guy. Cashman loves him. He's the one that brought him over here. You know, there's, I'm going to, I'll call it the Hicks tree, right? Right. Because there's a lot of branches now out of this. Billy McKinney came up last night, made Mm -hmm. his major league debut. He got his first hit out of the way in his first at bat. So Billy the Kid now has a major league batting average. Which with the depth this team is supposed to have in the outfield. Did you ever think Billy McKinney would be making his debut in game two of, of this season, which now the other side of the the tree, the other branches are now you're Jacoby Ellsbury. You got to be kicking yourself in the ass right now. <laughs> Cause this was your opportunity because you knew the second anybody went down, especially Aaron Hicks, you were supposed to come in and show that you could be the everyday center fielder. Right. But now you're hurt. Um, and then he's eligible to come off the DL on Thursday. They're expediting the yeah, uh, Cashman process. said that they will be uh, accelerating the timetable of his return due to the Hicks injury. Maybe Frazier and Ellsbury can just kick themselves in the ass together because Frazier would be the guy, if not McKinney. Well, no? this is well what you I was guys gonna, disagree with this me. This is what I wanted to ask you, and we'll get, get your opinion on the air here. If Clint Frazier is healthy... Is he getting the? Would he have gotten the call over Billy McKinney? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because yes, he does need more work in the minor leagues, but he still had some type of success here last year. So you're going to go with a guy that you know has the potential to be big for you, and it's not like he's coming up here to sit on the bench. If they were going to bring him up, they were going to play him and get him at bats, and then eventually send him back down. So, yes, I think Frazier is your guy. I think it's disrespectful to him to not go to him after how he contributed to this team. I don't want to hear year. about disrespectful or what. I, I just want guys up here. he's your guy. I mean, he's is your he? guy. Yes. Is he, though? Because He's your a, guy in this situation. All right, yes. Number one, scouts have said, not just Yankee scouts, but there are scouts around the league that thought Billy McKinney was major league ready 
as early as August of last year. I love Billy McKinney. And Billy McKinney could have been on more than half the major league teams that and been called up and been a contributor down the stretch for a lot of teams last year. It's just the fact that the Yankees had no space for him with Judge uh, Hicks, Ellsbury, and uh, Gardner last year. I I love – you know I love McKinney. I'm a big McKinney guy. So I'm not so sure that – Billy McKinney still wouldn't have gotten the call if Clint Frazier was ready. Something, I don't know, maybe you don't get get it, but I get the feeling that some people in the Yankees organization have soured on Clint Frazier, and maybe they feel like he's been passed up by certain guys, namely Billy McKinney. So maybe it's not as much of a foregone conclusion as you think that Clint Frazier would have gotten the call had he been healthy. I don't know. I'm confident in it. I think it's a foregone conclusion, but apparently you don't. Well, Rye, what do you think about I think it? McKinney being a lefty puts him over Frazier just for an interim period, just because you know you're you're limited from the left side, so you might as well bring up a left-handed hitter if you're going to bring up anybody. And it's also it's just for what should be what a week, two weeks where he's up here. So you, I don't know if you'd want to bring up a guy like Clint Frazier for a couple of weeks. You might as well just. Keep him down there and let him work. I mean, he's hurt right now, but you know, Billy McKinney. He's a. He, I think he's the better option for just a quick um, fill-in type guy. All the reasons why you you uh, love Clint Frazier or whatever. Clint Frazier. Clint. 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 <laughs> what did you say? Clint Frazier. You said. Don't worry about what I said. <laughs> All the reasons you love Clint Frazier. What? I hate you now. Good. Are you are you busy right now? Are no. we distracting you? No, not at all. Why are you why are you uh doing over there, pal? I'm trying to get some inside information about the Fraser McKinney debate that we're having. Oh yeah. Don't worry about what I'm doing. <laughs> what what's the Twitter gonna tell you about Don't that? Don't worry about it. You just make your point and maybe I'll have a little insight on the decision. You think Kyle Higashioka is watching McKinney's at bat last night, his first at bat, like how did he get a hit his first time up? <laughs> Poor Kyle Higashioka. For all the reasons you love Clint Frazier, I want to hear... Yeah, you said Quint, too. It's not so easy now, is it? <laughs> it's a little tongue twister there. Anyway, he was a number one pick, traded in, in a, in a big-time trade, right, for a major re- reliever. Billy McKinney was a number one pick, traded to the Yankees for a major reliever. So why doesn't Billy McKinney get the flash in that uh, Clint Frazier does? Why? Because he doesn't have... Friggin' long red curly hair and and all this other bullshit that he has going on with him. Billy McKinney is going to be a really good Major League Baseball player. Okay, I'll tell you why. Billy McKinney is compared to who? Brett Gardner. Okay, not saying Brett Gardner's not great, but who have you heard Clint Frazier compared to that he has the potential to be as good as? He could be Mike Trout. Okay. Or it could be Will Myers, who's also great. Nah, I I would rather have Brett Gardner than Will Myers if you're if you're gonna put it on the table like that. If you're gonna tell well, me I think, he, he's I think peak that, at Will Myers, I think rather... that comparison was when Will Myers was very good in this league. So that's why I'm just telling you why, because the potential that everyone sees in Clint Frazier is much higher than the potential they see in Billy McKinney. But, and that's not a knock on Billy McKinney. No, you're he's a, knocking Billy McKinney. He's a McKinney. hard-working player, and we saw that in one game down in Scranton last year. But when you have a guy like Clint Frazier in your minor leagues, he's going to get that call. 
You, I'm telling you that I don't think it's as simple as you think it is. Yeah, I really don't because now say he does come up and it's a two-week period, right? What if he comes up and he, he has a batting average like under 100? Then, you know, the fans are going to start pick him, picking him apart a little bit. This is a safer, easier move for the Yankees to make. Go with a guy, an unknown like McKinney, instead of a big-time prospect like Clint Frazier I for guess, such a short time. I guess you can say if, if, El, if Ellsbury was still weeks out, from being healthy and Hicks was going to be a couple weeks, then maybe it would be a little easier to say Frazier is a. If they needed conclusion. a long time, long term right. solution, I think they would. Okay, have went Frazier. I I will say I can agree with that, hmm. but if you're just talking on a basis of who deserves to be called up, who has the better potential? If you're going to go by who deserves it, why doesn't Billy McKinney deserve to be called up? Not that he doesn't deserve it, but Clint Frazier was successful for this team last year. He had a couple of home runs. Okay, he hit two thirty. Did Billy McKinney have a couple home runs last year? He didn't get so the when you have a prospect like that in your minor league system that has the potential to be called up, you, he's your go-to guy. But again, are you going to call tell- up Luis Sessa or whoever over a guy that <laughs> don't even like because- Montgomery? If Montgomery was down there, they, you never know. No, you go with Again, the guy who you're, you're comparing you- Luis. You're saying Luis Billy McKinney is Luis Sessa in this scenario when you obviously maybe know- Luis Sessa wasn't the best <laughs> comparison. I should have went with someone who hasn't. Okay, say Montgomery and Chance Adams were both in the minor leagues to start the system, and the Yankees so, needed what system? What system are you starting in the minor league system? Okay, you said to start the system to start. The you want to pick Jesus apart, Christ. yeah. Say they were both in in the minor league system to start the season. Yes. Okay. And a pitcher went down, and the Yankees needed a spot starter for a couple games. Uh-huh. Are you going to go with Chance Adams? Or are you going to go with Jordan Montgomery? Again, not the same scenario. Why? Because Montgomery had a lot of success last year. He had a winning record, sub four year rate. Those are high marks for a pitcher. Chance. Uh, Clint Frazier didn't have that. What do you, Ryan? Please get me that. What do you hit two thirty with four home runs and he struck out a bunch of times? That's not successful. I'm sorry. Why? Because he hit one walk off home run. When you have a prospect so highly touted as Clint Frazier, and he is available to get called up, you are calling him up. That is all I'm saying. Oh. Um- in a, uh, 142 plate appearances, Frazier hit four home runs and had a batting average of 231 with 17 RBIs. Wow, that was really successful last year. That It's an automatic slam dunk that he gets to call over Billy McKinney. 43 strikeouts. All right, so I reached out quickly to Brian Hoke, okay? And I asked him, I said we were recording. We just wanted to know something real quick. If Frazier was healthy, do you think he would have gotten the call over McKinney? He said yes. That's fair to say. All right, that's f- I wouldn't. I didn't say it wasn't fair to say. I just don't think it's a slam dunk. Okay. So you're telling me you just messaged the head writer for the New York Yankees, <laughs> and he got back to you by the time the yes. segment ended. We have a nice relationship with wow. because as uh, now we might as well say. Uh, we're probably the baby the, bombers. The baby bombers here. I'm holding a copy of Brian Hoke's book in my hand here. Uh, we'll be giving. We have already started the uh, the giveaway. giveaway, and it'll probably be announced before the podcast comes out on Monday. But 
the winner will be announced during the home opener on Monday. So if you want to get the inside story of the next Yankee dynasty, uh, Brian Hoke's book, Forward by Mark Teixeira, go to Amazon.com. It was 17 bucks and change after tax. Uh, I'm looking forward to diving into it. I actually read it already, and it's incredible. It's seriously, it is a must-read for any Yankee fan. Uh, Chris actually got an advanced copy three years ago. And, <laughs> and it just took me this long. It. No, I'm telling you, it's an incredible book. It takes Chris... It took Chris literally six and a half hours to read a Dr. Seuss For book. me to honestly read a full book, it's got to be good. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to reading it. Uh, I'm going to be on a little break from uh, things this week, so I'll have some free time to uh, sit down and read it. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll be at the stadium on Wednesday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cool. Who are they playing? I don't know, Genius. Who are they playing? <laughs> the Rays. Yes. Sometimes I wonder why I do a podcast with you because my knowledge who's, uh, and love of who, the... Who's lined up to pitch for us? When? On Wednesday. So I would guess Severino, right? Because that's... Uh, everybody yeah. would be... No. Never everybody would be once through no, by then. Be Tanaka. Why? Because they have Unless a day they off. Play, do they do, not play Tuesday? Again, no, they don't... Oh, right. You're right. Again... So they're, they, they're off. Yes, yep, Severino. Yep. So nice. Good for you. You're going to see a nice... Do you nice know why scene. they're not playing Tuesday? home opener like uh in case it rains yeah, in case it rains. that's why it's great starting the season against a team with a dome because they don't have that right day that's off why right they did that i knew day. that no you didn't yeah they always do that every that's year. why you thought somebody else besides severino was pitching on to on wednesday no i just wasn't doing it the math correctly Dude, I in my head. Do the ma- now i gotta talk where's get meg on the phone here because now i gotta get her to put up flashcards for numbers <laughs> in your house nathan avaldi we we probably oh, were gonna Evaldi see him went pitch, out. But yeah. he's out now Oh, what happened to he? He went down with his elbow? It's the same thing, yeah. yeah. His elbow's causing him problems again. Such a shame. He was actually looking pretty good in spring training, I too. fought so many people. He had a great spring. I really fought so many people on that deal because I thought it was such a good... It was actually a good idea to make that trade. To get him or... No, to get him. Yeah. I Hey, we saw when he was on the kind of potential yeah. that he had. He was phenomenal. Yeah, those three games but, were really good. Another, <laughs> another liability, I mean... You just can't have that. So basically, as we tr- wrap up this segment of the show here, uh, the person who should be most upset with themselves right now is Jacoby Ellsbury. Faux show. Yes. And Hicks should be too. Because there's a lot of expectations surrounding But he didn't Hicks. even think he was injured. So, yeah. again, that could be just a reputation preceding a guy that the Yankees... Oh, it definitely was. It because you think was. if Aaron Judge said that, he goes on a DL? Hey, and... You want to know something else? With the depth this team has, the Yankees are going to be a little quicker to put guys on the 10-day if they feel they need to. Some guys. Some guys. I don't think Stan is like, oh, you know, I got a little thing here. They're not going to sit. No, but if you had to for 10 games, it's not the end of the world with this team. That's the beauty of this team. We just talked about it. That's how they won game two. It was almost like those three guys weren't even there. So, uh, yeah, okay, so Aaron Hicks, get well, pal, because, uh, you know, people are counting on you, Mr. Hicks. Well, he's nice to have in this lineup as a as a switch hitter and a guy who does have pop on, in his bat. And The only other Hicks I know is Dante Hicks, but Dante Hicks goes to work on his days off. Who's Dante Hicks? You never saw Clerks? No. I'm... I, I did see clerks, but I didn't pay attention. Oh my god, Ryan! Mm-hmm. Seriously, 
Yeah, it's a great movie. I mean, he's you just, should watch. You should watch it. Okay. He's your he's your brother. I will. I promise. No, you won't. No, I won't. you never even seen the friggin' Terminator, and that's like a mainstream. Never seen it. Hate it. <laughs> well, what you're not gonna hate is our uh, newest segment to the show, the Guardy Report, where we bring in our special guest who uh, who had some extra time today because he is getting a day oh, off. So. Yep. So let's bring him in right now. Uh, Guardy, how you doing, pal? I'm doing pretty good. How y'all doing today? Doing good today, fellas? Yeah, I mean... Uh, a little upset you're not in the lineup tonight. Yeah, you know, they they knew I had to do the pod today, so they uh, they decided to give it a day off, I guess. I don't know. How was the weather up in Toronto? Oh, it's all right. I mean, it's a little cold, a little rainy, but uh, probably the same up there in New York. So, I mean, it's not a big deal. At least we're playing in a dome. So, no, I don't have to worry about a little rain pellets in my, my bald head, so I'm good. But it's not the, like the weather in Holly Hill. Oh, no. I mean, Holly Hill, basically every day is at least 75 out there, dude. And, uh, you know, it's 75 and sunny, baby, all day. I love me some Holly Hill. All right, Guardy. So, uh, opening day, uh, you had a you had a big home run. Yeah. Nice to get the first one out of the way, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I hit the ball pretty hard on opening day. And uh, did pretty good game, too, also. You know, just, uh, yeah, I mean, that home run uh, just got right over the right field wall there. And, uh you know, it wasn't a, a Giancarlo or John Carlo or Mike. I don't even know this guy's first name yet. I'll just call him Stanton. You know, it wasn't a Stantonian blast, as John Sterling might have said. Hey, I didn't hear his call. Was it any good, uh, Sterling's call for Stanton? It was good. okay. It, it, was all right. it left a lot I, to be desired. I like his call for me, though. I mean, he's got Guardy goes Yardy, right? It, <laughs> it rhymes. Maybe you even add a third part to it. Man, Guardy goes Yardy. He hits the ball hardy. <laughs> You know, keep that rhyme scheme going, extend that rhyme scheme a bit, you know, and, uh, you know, I'll just, you know, it's going to be a long season. We're going to hear that call a lot, hopefully, this year, you know, fellas. All right, Guardy. So, uh, after the game, uh, as one of the veteran leaders of this team, you, uh, you got up and you gave a, a speech in the locker room, you know, congratulating your manager on his first win. Take us through, uh, what that was like being, uh, being team leader there, rah, rah, siskumba for Aaron Boone. Yeah, it was definitely different, you know, but, uh. You gotta, you gotta congratulate the skip on his first ever win as a manager. I mean, you know, guy, guy's a pretty damn good winning percentage if you ask me. I mean, two and zero right out of the gate. It doesn't get much better than that. And uh, you know, I did hear though that he is thinking about maybe uh, putting Judge over there in left field. And I said, hey, listen, you gotta keep Judge over there and right, all right. He's got the judge chambers out there and right. I got the guardy party down there and left. And guess what? There's only one rule to enter the guardy party. Your first name can't be Aaron. So, you know, no Aaron Judge, no Aaron Hicks, no Aaron Booner in there either. That's my that's my spot of the field. You know what and I'm talking about? And you got to play hard. Oh, and you got certainly got to play hard. I mean, you're not playing hard, and what, what's the point of playing? Speaking of playing hard, uh, yesterday's uh, ball game uh, – the umpire called the pitch that was a little outside yeah. there, Guardy. You got a little upset with him. I it got, was way outside. Yeah, I got a little mad there. I mean, he called strike one on me. I'm like, all right, it's a little outside, whatever. It was a, you know, he missed some calls, whatever. But then he called strike two, and I'm like, damn, Blue, you're costing me in that bat here, dude. I mean, you know, I got to make the most of all my bats here. You know, it's my last year maybe on the Yankees. And, uh, you know, let's face it, fellas, I'm, I'm probably going to be playing for like the San Diego Padres or something next year, you know. I swear to God, man, if one of these crap uh, West Coast teams try to sign me this offseason, I'd rather play in the damn beer league down there in Holly Hill than play for the Oakland Athletics. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not playing for the Padres. 
I'm not playing for the Athletics. I'll play for the Dodgers. Dodgers, y'all, y'all are pretty good. Y'all can give me a call. I'm not playing for the Angels. They're not even in LA. They play in Anaheim. You know how far Anaheim is from Los Angeles, dude? That's just far, man. Probably not as far as it is from Holly Hill, though. That's, but yeah, it's a lot farther from, from Holly Hill. It's pretty hard to drive across country down there to Holly Hill, but yeah, I mean, I, I I, you know, I'm just trying to make the most of it here, fellas. I mean, I I don't got a lot left in the tank, and uh, I just want to I want to take every at bat and uh, and win those at bats, you know. All right, Gardy, you got a little uh, wound up there, so we're gonna yeah. have to uh, we're gonna have to say goodbye. Thank That's you. Right. Again I gotta for... get back to uh, Toronto. Actually, I might just uh, skip the game today and uh, stay in New York and uh, you know get ready for the series against the Rays. So, what are you gonna fly home and then fly back? Yeah, up? I might fly home, fly back, maybe go to Hall Hill, stop by home for a little bit there, and uh, you know, and see what's going on down in New York, and uh, get ready for the home opener down there, and uh, against uh, Tampa Bay. All right, Guardy, thanks for joining thanks, us. No Gardy. problem, no problem, fellas. All right, that was the Guardy report. Thank you to Guardy for uh, stopping by. That's pretty cool. Uh, Ryan, why do you leave the room when we bring Guardy on? I I didn't even know you were doing that segment. I said use the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> kind of upset i missed it yeah uh you catch it on the pod on monday that's cool yeah you know one of these days we're gonna have to get you on to ask Gardy a couple questions yeah yeah it's only fair asking some questions definitely all right so before we wrap things up here on the nyy sports talk podcast uh aaron judge is playing center field today he said he's he said he's very confident in center I think he said something to the effect of, and uh, I don't know if Ryan wants to bring up the exact quote. He said, I'm, I not, actually... I'm not nervous. I played center field. If I was playing catcher, maybe I'd be nervous. So, yeah, he did say that, but he said something last night that kind of threw me back a little bit because I don't think he meant it, meant it as a dig, but it kind of sounded like it. He goes, yeah, I could play center field. I mean, I play right field. The corner outfielders are much harder than playing center field. Uh, blah blah blah, and it just made me think like you kind of just took a dig on on the center fielder. Like center field is easier than where you play. I don't know, maybe because he plays with a couple of jabroni center fielders. That no hurt. offense to Gardner, but Gardner's only filling in here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I just I don't think he meant it in a negative way, but it was just. Took me back a little when he said it. You know, Aaron. If Aaron Judge is going to be the next great Yankee, I mean, why not center field? I mean, Mickey Mantle played center field. You Mickey Mantle for Christ's sake! Yeah, but but this this guy's. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Judge guy... said, "I'll be ready to go." There's more ground to cover, but the reads are easier. You get true reads instead of those nasty top spin liners right at you in the corners. I'll be comfortable if they call on me to play center. Was that the quote you were talking yeah. about? Yeah. It wasn't really a dig. It didn't sound like a dig. No, the reads are the reads easier. The reads are easier, because he, but he gave an, an explanation of why it's harder. It wasn't just like, oh. Yeah, but they cut that part of what, the, the beginning quote. Oh, of course, clickbait. <laughs> yeah, so. You make a matter for Christ's sake. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> I watched that the other day. Yeah, I know. Did you know that Stanton was the first Yankee to hit two home runs in his debut since Roger Maris? No, since Joe Pepitone. Joey Peps. And then Roger Maris. Roger Maris did it in 61. Joe Pepitone did it in 63, I believe. My mistake. It's all right. You're up no, there. No, it was actually 60. Cause yeah, it, was, it was 1960, though, yeah. Roger Maris was already on the Yankees in 1961. Mr. Oh, I love 61 so much. It's my favorite uh, I movie. Thought, I thought it was just opening day. 
So he had two home runs in opening I day. I thought he said his Yankees debut. Oh, was it debut? Mm-hmm. Oh, I apologize. So, you can apologize also. For what? You jumped down my throat. Because you were wrong. Okay, and I admitted it, and I apologized. I'm sorry, sweetheart. <laughs> so, all right. Um, what was I going to say here? You have any problem with Judge playing center field? I don't like it. I think... I just feel like it came out of nowhere and people started talking about it and now all of a sudden it's just happening. I don't feel like it was truly necessary, but I don't... It's not the end of the world to me, but I don't care for it. I had the stat wrong. It was... uh... Stanton's the first player to have a multi-home run game and first game played as a Yankee since Roger Maris okay. did in 1960. So the actual, Katie Sharp, Katie Sharp tweet. So the actually. actual stat was just Yankees who hit two home runs on opening day. So I was right. You're still wrong because you had the year wrong. Whatever. True. Can I just can I put this on the table here? Sure. If Joe Girardi put Aaron Judge in center field, be, I would have had I would have had it. to tranquilize you. I would be losing it right now. If Joe Girardi put out the lineup that the Yankees went to the field with on Saturday, I would have had to tranquilize you. Yes. But Aaron Boone I I have to admit, I think I just didn't like Joe Girardi. Aaron Boone does it and it's all and I guess, peaches and cream in your book. I guess maybe that was the problem that the players had with Girardi too. I think Chris is still in the honeymoon phase of the relationship with Aaron Boone. He'll he'll get there. No, because I felt this way with Girardi the second I hired him. That you hated him? Yeah, I didn't like him. So, I back Boone on everything he does now. <laughs> okay. You're a booner? I'm a booner. You have a booner? I'm a booner. I have a booner for booner. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good time to wrap up. Yes, so uh, this has been episode 36 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast, uh, the season premiere. So, uh, it's it felt this show felt so weird because we were like... We actually had content to just go back and forth with instead of just quick news segments. It wasn't like, uh, well, you know, we got an hour to fill here, so let's let's just bullshit about judge hitting cleanup today right. or whatever it was nice now was we nice. actually and i'm sure i'm sure in a few weeks we're going to be pissed off about a few things and we'll it'll be nice to vent about them did it bother you that on opening day this it bothered me it really did it honestly bothered me and i hate aaron boone i said it okay okay leave the lineup alone why do we have to put dd in between Stan and Sanchez. Well, you have to, again, if this was Girardi, I'd be flipping out. But this is Boone's first year. So he's going to experiment a little. And now's the time to do it. This isn't when... his first year in college where maybe he has a lesbian phase. Maybe he goes through his mushrooms phase. Maybe he starts doing, uh, you know, whatever the hell else that college kids have their, their experimental phase. He's the manager of the Yankees. So experimenting is over, this pal. Is the like... time, this is the time to do it. Because where this lineup is normally top to bottom very strong, not saying you have weak points right now, but you don't have your regular guys in. So it's a little more top heavy than normal. And you're going to experiment with Didi Sanchez. I mean, I said it yesterday. Didi batting after Sanchez, there's no one 
really scary protecting him. And if you can bat Sanchez yeah, fifth... Yeah, that's because Num Nut 1 and Num Nut 2 are on the disabled right. list right now. If you can bat Sanchez fifth, which isn't the end of the world, and... Then who's protecting him? And he doesn't... But that's the thing. See, Didi has power and a lot of potential, and he's great. But he's not a pure power hitter like Sanchez. Where Sanchez doesn't necessarily need that type of protection to get a hold of one. Now, if Didi is batting, if Didi is batting before Sanchez, he's going to see much better pitches to get a hold of one. And he had a phenomenal game last night. And the reason why I'm going to tell you that Sanchez needs protection is because I've said it a hundred times. He swings swings at everything. I mean, Jesus, you could roll the ball up there and he would swing at it. So wouldn't you want him to be in a position where guys are going to have to come over the plate to him knowing that he is a wild... I just don't think that Didi is the guy that's going to make them come over the plate. I just don't. As great as Didi is, I just... Don't see Didi as being the guy that's going to make pitchers well, choose ha- Sanchez over Didi. Well, I'd rather have Didi behind Sanchez than Sanchez behind Didi. That's just me. Okay, I disagree. I, I, it the way this lineup is right now with the injuries we have, I don't think it's the end of the world to bat Didi fourth and have Sanchez protect him. How about the guy last night that tweeted us that the Yankees put out the worst six through nine in the history of baseball last night? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> And and they won the game for them. So, all right. So we're gonna wrap up here because the Yankees are uh, probably a few innings in here. But I'm recording the game, we'll catch up as uh, as the day goes along here. So we're gonna watch a little Yankee baseball. Uh, hopefully, you'll be listening this to this on your way to Yankee Stadium Monday. A little NYY sports talk before the home opener. Yep. If you're going to the home opener, tweet at us. Let us know that you're there. Tag us in any pictures. I'll be there Wednesday. So if you're there on Wednesday, do not come and find me. I'm not a very friendly person. Um, NYY Sports Talk will be at the stadium together in May. May 29th. For the uh, the use of the We will all be there. If you're going to be at the game, come say hello to me and Ryan. Yes. Um, And Ryan owes you a beer that game. Yeah, he does. Because I... I spelt correctly. <laughs> yep. I spelt it. You spelt it. S-P. Spelt it. E-L-T. I s- E-L-T. I spelt it, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, before we delve into places. Unnecessary realms. Um, go to nyysportstalk.com. Swag up. Chris's uh, new bunting shirt that you he like came that? out with. That was, day, uh... that was a secret. I really appreciate that. No, I'll tell you what. It came to me at like midnight, and I was like, I got to do this. And I did it, and I stayed up till 4 or 5 in the morning. So you should be appreciative. I appreciate nothing that you do. That's great. This is just like a regular marriage. Great partnership. I appreciate nothing that you do. I yell at you all the time. Thank you. But when you're not here, I don't miss you. Great. All right. Um, Also, our Bombers t-shirt, which uh, is flying off the shelves. It's a mash of WWE and the Yankees, so we're just going to get that out there so we right. people can stop yelling at us. Yes, we're aware of it. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it, it was the point, actually. Right. Uh, WrestleMania is a week, or actually six days from the release of this podcast, so um, you, know, you need a shirt for WrestleMania. You need a shirt for Yankee baseball. This is the perfect shirt to go and get, the Bombers t-shirt. Also, uh, we got our, we're going to have a new shirt released uh, sometime, maybe even on Monday. Hopefully. 
I'll have it up by Monday. If not, sometime early in the week. Uh, new gear will be dropping. We've got plenty of ideas in the tank. Uh, so be on the lookout for new NYY Sports Talk gear. Chris, say that stupid thing you always say. Swag up. Yeah. Also, go to Twitter. Uh, follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Junior underscore NYYST. Follow Ryan Stat Guy Rye. <clears throat> excuse me underscore NYYST. Christian underscore NYYST. NYYST podcast. NYY Sports Talk. Those are all the handles. <laughs> Just type in NYYST and we should all pop up. Um. Also, if you haven't, please go to – I forgot to mention – I wanted to mention this earlier in the show. I know people tune out most of the times when we get to the rambling of the – and start plugging things. But if you haven't, please go read our interview with Jim Abbott. Incredible it's interview. Phenomenal. Uh, I know Jim Abbott, it may be not be the sexiest name that people have interviewed, but it would, it would be good of you to – or nice of you. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but it would be worth the five minutes it'll take yes. to read the interview. I mean, the dude was born without a hand. He was a high school quarterback, pitched a no-hitter in the major leagues. Truly a good good story. Olympian on top of all that. So Absolutely. Please check out our interview with uh, Jim Abbott, um, getting to know Jim Abbott. And I'm pretty sure that's it, unless we have anything else. I'm good. Oh, by the way, you probably noticed already, new voice intro, new intro music. That was for the season premiere. Uh, let's get a little fan feedback. If yeah, you're still listening, know. please, on the um, on the tweet that announces the pod coming out, you know, just drop a reply. I like it. I love it. Or I hate it. I hate it. Whatever it is, let us know. We Your opinion actually means nothing to us. We won't change it, but, you know... <laughs> Let your voice be heard. Yes. We, no, honestly, we do want to know if people like it. You know, say, hey, I like the new style. Or or you don't. I agree. Right, you got anything to add? No, I'm good. Rye's good. Chris, you good? I'm good. All right, so this has been episode 36 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. I don't know why I said it like that. But that's it. Uh, Chris, say goodbye. Woo! <laughs>